Show, Shape Shifters. I'm Bruce Whitfield. It's 23 minutes to 8 o'clock and I'm joined in studio this evening by a legend of South Africa's design and fashion industry. She's the non-fashion fashionista. She's more Vivian Westwood than she is Giorgio Armani. Is that... Uh, you haven't walked out yet, which is good. <laughs> I'm, u- is, I'm used to labels. <laughs> and, but, but because we, and I suppose you get more labels than most people because yeah. you are so hard to label. Marianne Fassler is a fashion designer. Um, that's the safest descriptor, probably. Yes, I think that's very safe. Yes, you, you put your finger on it, Bruce. But you're a businesswoman. You're a business person. You're a business personality. You run a fashion business in, for more than two decades. Yes, I do. And so take me through it. Where, where, where does, it, where does the, the fashion journey of Marianne Faster start? <laughs> well, it started a long time ago, so please don't tell people how No, I won't give it. We don't need dates. Just we can use <laughs> broad terms. It's fine. It started a long time ago. But I think the challenge is always to sort of um, stay in business, really, as, mm-hmm. as any small business will tell you, and also then the challenge of taking it further and then taking it even further. Um, but I've made certain choices in my life. I really want to work in a creative workshop. So I've managed to maintain, you know, a really core, really valuable core of people who work for me over a long time and hopefully have also brought along a lot of clients across the years who still shop with me and, of course, bring in new people all the time. And um, my best advertising is really word of mouth, but we do fortunately do a lot of fashion weeks we get a lot of publicity um so the word spreads and um you know in the fashion industry one has to remain relevant and you have to remain fresh and you have to give something new constantly so you get ideas from fashion tv not ever <laughs> you never watch fashion what TV. is that no but but that's the point which you, channel is it on? is fashion too safe Generally, global fashion. No, it's got nothing to do with safe. It's just so boring. It's like obsolete the minute it yeah. gets, you know, social media has really helped feel that. Um, but by the time we actually see it in department stores, if you're not really a fashionista, then um, it's already totally obsolete and everybody's already copied it, you know. So, so I'm not really – would I call myself a fashion designer? Well, I yes, I am. I am, and I am a fashion retailer. But I hope that I also do other stuff, you know. I hope that I'm also bringing to the party a lot of craft, a lot of skill, a lot of uh, psychology, a lot of fun, a lot of, I don't know, humour. Explain psychology, the psychological <laughs> aspect to me. Well, it's quite, it's quite fun to know the power you can have with the kind of clothes that you wear, but... Um, you know, I think Julius Malema understands it very well by just putting on those red, those red jumpsuits. Um, you know, you can send messages, you can seduce, Bruce. What am I doing tonight? I'm trying to look professional. You, you've disappeared because you're wearing <laughs> camouflage. I'm um, trying to look professional. I, I'm going to try and describe. I'm going to try and describe no, your ensemble, on. please. May I? Oh, and come on. Um, it's magnificent. Um, I dressed for radio, Bruce. And, and thank you for dressing up. Um, is that real leather? Of course. Okay, so you're wearing a leather smock. 
Was that the right word for it? I don't know, Bruce. Um, but it, it's, it's a red leather uh, bodice, perhaps, is, is better. Well, and you've got camo sleeves coming out of it. And if I could look under the table, then I would see that you've probably got camo pants on. Because camo is one of your, your trademarks, isn't it? Well, I think that, you know, sort of camouflage is, is, is as eternal as leopard print or tartan or polka dots or stripes. You know, it's just I just feel comfortable when I wear color. Um, I also love wearing black. But uh, print is what I'm about. So um, I always think that print goes with print goes with print. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really what my signature is, although we have surprised many people many times with what we then come up with after that. With like what? Do you have you ever done something more Armani than Vivian Westwood? <laughs> no, please don't label me. Bruce. I'm trying. I'm not. I'm, not <laughs> I'm just trying to give a context. No, what we do um, this year at Fashion Week, mm-hmm. we we said uh, we called our show "Same Same but Different." We like to have a theme, and so we certainly opened the show with a, a very powerful print collection. And then we finished it with the same collection done entirely in black so that people could actually see the silhouettes and the craftsmanship mm-hmm. and the drama of, of, of the individual pieces and just how they're constructed. And they loved that. They really loved that. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening in design. Um, I, I have got a suit, for example, it's made from fabric imported, I think, from Italy, but it's, it's constructed on the Cape Flats. Um, for example, there are sort of small centers of excellence where people are doing quite nice stuff in South Africa. But our textile industry is bludgeoned and has been beaten, I suppose, by the, the global commercialization of, of clothing. Yeah, and I don't think that's unique to South Africa. Mm. Um, you know, it's happened in many other places when the Asian tigers sort of um, you know, became very prominent, but we do definitely in my in my particular field. I like to sort of craft my own fabrics and and re-engineer things and work with found fabrics. And so we, um, you know, we've got a very savvy eye for for what the kind of fabrics that we like to work with. So we're not necessarily Did you speak with the, the royal we or is there a real we? No, absolutely there's a real we. Are you a democratic I'm designer? Absolutely. I'm a creative workshop and um, I credit everybody in my workshop for being part of, of Leopard Frock. We are... Where does the name come from? <laughs> I mean, obviously well, Leopard Prince, Leopard in, Rock. Um, no, you we in live Saxon in Wald. South Africa, so there hmm? are many Leopard, leopard Rocks everywhere. And I love that sort of rather old-fashioned frock, that word. <laughs> frock is so a good word. It doesn't get used nearly enough. It's sort of easy on the tongue, isn't yes. it? And um, so it's also a little bit humorous. Yes, absolutely. So Leopard Frock is the name of the business. You've got eight people working with you, if oh, memory no, serves. no, I've got more than that. No, but in the, in, the, in the design studio, I thought it was eight. Where do no, I get the, we've, number? We've, do I get the number eight a, from? <clears throat> well, certainly in my, my entire team, there's 17 people. Mm-hmm. And and um, I would like to believe that I am the creative director and the designer in the team, but I certainly have a number two and number three that are very important to me. And then, of course, because we do quite a lot of mentorship, we take on new people constantly to try and just, you know, just sort of shake up the comfort zones. Um, 
So definitely my, my right-hand designer at the moment, Lizanne Bavia. She's very important to me, and we get on extremely well. She really understands the brand. She's um, really interested in the legacy. And then I have a very strong technical person in the name of John Hockey who works with me. But the three of us, I suppose, are sort of round about the top. Is the brand Marianne Fassler or is the brand Leopard Frock? What is the brand? Well, Marianne Fassler is obviously the designer and certainly the person who has um, sort of created the brand DNA and the continuity and has the vision. But we also needed to have a retail name. So that's where you come to Leopard Frock where you can buy lots of fabulous things and it's constantly filled with, with, with new elements. And then we've also gone online with Spree. So, so we also have a sort of a cut, make, and trim division where where you can, where the clothes are much more reasonable, or you have the really highly embellished and and really original Fassler frocks that um, would be really the Marianne Fassler of the leopard frocks. Marianne Fassler is tonight's shapeshifter. Who's more boring, Giorgio Armani or Ralph Lauren? <laughs> I, you know, I really don't have an opinion about that because, quite honestly, in their own fields, they're, they're fantastic. Super rich. They've made a great success of their business. Um, they're just not very me, but you know, if, uh, Ralph Lauren has done exactly what one should do. He really responded to his own environment, and he does that amazing. You know, reinterpreting and you know reinventing America mm. absolutely every time he gets it right. And he's brilliant. He started off as a tire salesman. Giorgio Armani is the same. He's that quintessential Italian, you know. And how can I tell an Italian he's got no taste? No, so in their own fields, they've been masters of what they do. I just don't compare myself with anybody like that because I... Do you compare you know, yourself with anybody? We live in South Africa, you know. I'm a, my creative person, the person who I am, the business person in me too. Um we really want to do really well where we know how to do things. Mm. And that is, I work in South Africa. It's like running a spaza shop, basically. You know, you, 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 you really, if you want to go really big and you really want to tackle on and become a global brand, well, you know, somebody else has got that to do that for you. But have you gone quite international? There's a quote attributed to you, which I saw earlier today, which goes along the lines of the Minister of Arts and Culture in France has done more for me than any Minister of Arts and Culture in South Africa ever has. I, I, well, yes, well, I guess that's it. true. I have said that. <laughs> and it is true, and I'm very lucky. I've got a, a quite a... I've got a deal of prominence, you know, in um, international prominence. And also, I guess it means that he's facilitated collaborations for me. Um, I've done shows in Paris. I've done collaborations with Robin Orlin in Lyon. You know, people, certainly they funded a lot of stuff for me already, which which is more than... We don't, I can say. We don't, but we don't, sit, we don't seem to be that supportive of South African business, of, 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 of shapeshifters, people like yourself, who um, we should be encouraging to go out on the global stage and be like Johnny Clay. No, 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 it's not true at all. I mean, I, don't, I, you know, I guess the DTI would, would take you and you know, try and groom you. I think there's just a, no vision really for the fashion industry. Mm. And, and it's very complex. I mean, you can access certain things if you want to. And I'm at that stage of my career 
Well, thank goodness I don't really need that. Yeah. I do my whatever I need to do, and I do it very successfully. Um, I just wish there was a greater vision for real talent in this country to take them further, like India really needed to find a Western marketplace, and they groomed specific young designers that they thought were great, sent them to Central St. Martins, exposed them to really good quality manufacture, and and groomed them to work specifically for the Western market so that they could have bigger exports. Here we tend to sort of very quickly do fashion shows internationally, but to what end? You know, nobody knows how to cost their goods. Nobody knows anything about shipping. Um, so I don't, you know, for me, I just think I wish there was a better vision, but then there are a lot of wasted opportunities. Should we be training designers in design schools to run their businesses? I think you already do. Okay. I think you already do. I think what generally happens, you know, fashion and running a business are two different things, you know, and very often people go into the fashion business because they like clothes. And that's a bit dangerous because they probably <laughs> end up, you know, I can buy Prada shoes, but I mean, sometimes they buy a car before they buy yeah. really pay the bills. But when you look at your business, and it's a private business, I don't expect you to tell us any any, any big secrets, but how big is the business? How can you quantify the size of the Marianne Fasler empire for me? So I'm told it's an empire. <laughs> I'm very proud of my business, Bruce. I think I've done really well. Um I certainly have managed, as I say, to stay in the industry and certainly to grow. I have I have a nice trajectory. But I don't have any vision of becoming a global brand. Mm. Uh, I do have interesting clients in many places. I have been in, you know, I mean, people certainly know who I am and certainly I've, I've shown in many places. Um, but I don't need to own a sort of string of retail outlets anywhere else. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's just too much like work. I well, mean, it, it, it stops, it stops, at some point, I've been there, I've been in the malls, fun. and yeah. I've done well in the malls, but really what I need is not to listen to their pipe music and to just to get down <laughs> to actually having fun in the fashion industry. But those malls serve their purpose. They built the brand. And, yes. and now, now you're happy yeah. to let people come to you. Yes, but it's been a great success mm. because actually that is really the, the success of the brand, I think, is that, it's, that it is pretty exclusive. But it's also out there because you can actually access it online. And if you're at all into the social media, you'll be constantly updated. Um, but it's private to the extent that I won't necessarily give you any names. I won't give you particularly what the they big paid. Other than Jenny Cruz Williams, <laughs> um, who wears your stuff all the time, um, uh, big names, big no, names, royalty. I'm not going to give you any names. Come on. You know, you're no fun at all. Um, <laughs> when, when, when you look at the future of South African design, South African innovation, mm-hmm. are you more optimistic than perhaps you were in the dark days of the 1980s when you were starting out? You know, I think creativity has such a wonderful knack of finding new ways of saying things and the more one clamps down on something the more it will emerge in a different way you know and so I have absolute faith in the creativity of the of the people in the design industry do we need to support our creatives more of course we do how do we support them I think by basically really paying them to do apprenticeships um helping them, facilitating for them just to even if even if I do my mentorship programs for kids, a lot of kids can't come to me because they can't afford to travel to me, you know. So I think 
I think there's very little follow through, but then I also think it's up to to the individual to then make a business work. You know, I think I think so often people are just waiting for handouts. So for me, I think it's it's uh, very important to perhaps you know validate the fact that creativity can be a business, and then secondly to then value the reason why you're in business. So I put my client at the top of my pyramid and I put my sales at the top of my pyramid and I'm aware of what I've turned over every single minute of the day. I know what I owe, what I need to pay. It's like running a simple spaza shop, you know, basic principles. Marianne Pasta, the fabulous Mario Pasta this evening, Leopard Frock. And you can follow her on Twitter at Leopard Frock and learn more about the fashion industry. Marianne Pasta this evening, tonight's Shapeshifter.